0: So, this morning we are starting our new teaching series, which we have decided to call Is Anybody Listening? And the series is based around the book, which is called God on Mute by Pete Gregg, which I think quite a few of you bought last week. Now, my secret sources tell me there are still a couple of copies available, but um, I think you might have to wait till next week for those, okay? The book, if you have it, also contains a 40 day Lent devotional, which we thought you might want to choose to walk through as we journey up to Easter if you want to go a bit deeper in exploring this topic of unanswered prayer. And as well as the book, our journey groups are going to be studying the prayer course part two which follows this theme of unanswered prayer. And we actually started that this week in our online devotional. And I think I can speak for us all. We were like, wow, this is really good. Um, Now... You can access this on Right Now Media and if you don't have access to Right Now Media then come and chat to myself or Rachel or you could send an email to the church and we'll get you hooked into that so you can watch it for yourselves but actually I recommend if you can do it with others and in a journey group it'll probably be all the richer for it. Now, unanswered prayer is a complex and difficult topic with many theological viewpoints. I think it's really important to say there is a richness to be found when we choose to dig deeper and go further than what can be covered in a 20-minute talk on a Sunday morning. Now, don't get me wrong, Sundays are brilliant, but maybe they're even better when they're used as a diving board for our own personal deep dive. So perhaps this is an opportunity following our discipleship series for us all to stretch and grow in our own discipleship journey as we grapple with this really difficult topic. Now, if I went around the church this morning with my microphone, don't worry, I'm not going to, um, I think every single person could relate to or probably name an unanswered prayer rightly so, they have been wrestling with. You see, we're really good, and quite rightly so, at shouting about our answers to prayer. I can think of many small and big answers to prayer in my life, friends that have been amazingly saved, children saved, provision miraculously granted, Many car park spaces found. I know many of you are too spiritual to pray for that, but my children start praying for them before me, and men, he's never let me down. Um, but if I think, and I stop for a moment, I can also think of many requests where the only response is silence. So we've still got family that remain unsaved. I've got friends who struggle every day with long-term illness, some of that mental health long-term illness. And you know what? Healing seems or feels far away. I've got dreams that as yet have not become a reality. You see, life happens to us all. One moment, all is well, the sky is blue, we bask in happiness. But then, as Pete Gregg himself says, we all get hijacked eventually. Life happens. Things go wrong. Plans go awry. Disaster happens. And this is usually when we turn to prayer. And do you know what? Not just Christians. Many people of little or no faith, when asked, say in a moment of crisis, the first thing they do is Pray. But against this, all of this, we've got the backdrop of Jesus' words in Matthew 7 verse seven, and he says, "Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open to you." It all seems so simple. All we have to do is ask. But what about when we ask, and it's not given? I think if we're really honest, we might say that we find it hard to admit our disappointments and our frustrations in prayer. Please hear me clearly this morning. Do I believe that God is a God of miracles who answers prayer? Yes, I do. And I could give testimony to that in my own life. Do I find it much easier to talk about that and wrestle with my own unanswered prayers when it feels like God isn't listening? Yes, I do. Do I sometimes give up when it feels a bit too do? So as we begin this morning, let's acknowledge that this is hard, that we don't like talking about this or acknowledging this, that sometimes it's so much easier to pray for somebody else's concerns than our own personal prayer requests, because it can feel too painful. But let's also remember that we don't journey into this alone. The Good Shepherd is with us. That Jesus himself suffered the silence of unanswered prayer. Know that the Son of God who walked this same earth doing miracle after miracle knows exactly what it is to be denied and abandoned by his father if nothing else there is such great comfort in knowing that we walk with the one who knows so are you ready to be brave junction 10 monsies are you ready to be real Even Mons isn't. (laughs) Are you ready to face some of this and trust that we're going to grow deeper in relationship with our Heavenly Father if we open our questions up to him? I love this quote. Um, It's actually in Pete Gregg's book, and it says, courage does not always roar. Sometimes courage is the quiet voice at the end of the day saying, I will try again tomorrow yeah absolutely so let's take that quiet courage as we jump in and we tackle this first talk in this so the series is called is anybody listening but this morning we are asking how am I going to get through this so if you have your bibles do you want to turn to mark chapter 14 starting at verse 32 or it's on the screen for you to follow They went to a place called Gethsemane, and Jesus said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James, and John along with him, and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow, to the point of death, he said to them. Stay here and keep watch. Going a little farther, he fell to the ground and he prayed that if possible, the hour might pass from him. Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me. Yet not what I, very familiar to many of us, because we read it at least once a year, don't we, as we celebrate the death and the resurrection of Jesus at Easter. And in this moment, Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane, which literally means oil press. Jesus is under the most intense pressure, spiritually, emotionally, physically. He is literally in a moment of pressing. I wonder if any of us here this morning are in a moment of pressing, Are we feeling crushed by life? Are we wrestling in prayer? Are we wondering why our Abba Father is not taking this pain away? Do we feel like we've reached our own Gethsemane? Are we, like Jesus, feeling our soul is overwhelmed? Often, when our soul is overwhelmed... We don't pray like Jesus. In fact, if we're honest, I think many of us barely pray at all. And we end up a bit scared, thinking, "Oh, is this my fault? Have I got some deep root sin that's causing all this? We blame ourselves. What if I haven't prayed enough about this? Why don't I have enough faith? But without realising it, we can withdraw, distancing ourselves from others, keeping our pain a secret... And I really wish this morning that I could stand here and I could give you an easy answer. I wish I could give you a prayer formula. Pray this, do this, that would turn everything around. But I don't have one. However, I do have some very simple thoughts and reminders as we journey through this together and consider how are we going to get through this. The first point is, start by knowing God as Abba, Father. In Philippians 4, verse 6, it says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. You'll remember that last summer we had a teaching series, didn't we, on Philippians? And I remember Jeff Clark speaking on this passage of scripture How this word tells us to lay it all out before God, to spread it all out before him. And sometimes I think that means bringing our anger and our doubt right to him, being really honest. But don't worry, Abba, Father. And it is to this Abba, Father that we bring our fear and our doubt Notice I didn't say, bring all your pain to your earthly father, or to your pastor, or to your friends. I said, bring it to Abba. One of the most comforting moments in Gethsemane is the simplicity of Jesus praying, Abba, Father. This is so reassuring that the Son of God displays this beautiful, intimate relationship with Father God that we have access to it's one of tenderness and humanity in his darkest hour of need sometimes in our desperation we can run out of words or what to say and all we can utter is abba father And as a church, we went on a powerful journey into the Father heart of God some years ago. I want to remind you this morning, that is not forgotten. For many people, that moment of understanding God as Father was transformational. And I know that some people here this morning, you might have negative associations with your earthly fathers. They may have let you down in many ways. They might have been absent or cold or even abusive. But if that is the case, then let me encourage you to reserve the name Abba, Daddy, for God. You see, prayer is not something that is transactional, it is relational. And when we pray to our heavenly dad, and we know him as our father, then even when our most heartfelt prayers are not answered, we can trust him. We can trust him with all our worries and our concerns because we know they're safe with him. Remember, Jesus taught the disciples to pray, didn't he? Our Father. If we're not careful, we can mute God's voice by our own wounded preconceptions about who he really is. When we come to God, he isn't bored by us. He hasn't run out of time or patience with us. He longs to be with each one of us, because he loves us deeply. It says in 1 Peter verse five, sorry, 1 Peter five verse seven, "Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you." Which brings me to my second point. Except sometimes, reality of the father's love for you. Sometimes, when we are confused, angry, and doubting, we can easily forget our loving father, and instead we just see all the pain and the struggle right in front of us. When we don't understand, we're called to a greater trust. Maybe if you're a parent, you can maybe think back to a time when your child was very young, a baby perhaps, and they were poorly, and you did all you could to soothe them, but you couldn't explain to them that it would pass and they will get better. And that's a bit like us. Sometimes we are that crying child who doesn't understand, but the father's arms are holding us. His love hasn't suddenly stopped He has got us. Another way of helping us remember the Father's love can be for us to meditate upon the promises of Scripture. And I want to say, this takes discipline because do you know what? You won't feel like doing it. (laughs) As I was writing this for today, I was reminded of a particularly difficult time when I'd moved back from Cheltenham, back to the black country, and I was in a job I hated do you know, I regularly cried on the way to work begging God, find me another job. Get me out of this situation. I hate it. And at the time, surprise, surprise, didn't want to talk to anybody about it because how could I admit to being such a failure? When our prayers feel unanswered, we often isolate ourselves because we don't want to admit what we can easily judge as weakness, not wanting others to see our struggle with faith. But I also remember that time walking around the drama studio. It was a beautiful studio. It was a big room. Right before my lessons, and it took every bit of strength, but it was all I could do. And I would repeat the words over and over again, the joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Before they all came into the room. I couldn't do it. I felt like I couldn't get through it. But God had promised me he would be my strength. Now, did God answer my prayer and take me out of there? No. Well, he did eventually, but not not for a while. Uh, But did he turn that work situation around Yep, he did. Did I grow in my relationship with God? Yeah, I did. Did I understand it at the time? No, I didn't. But it left me with nothing else. As we accept the reality of the Father's love for us, we might also look back to God's goodness to us in the past. Maybe do it as a prayer exercise. Write down or speak out and declare all the ways that God has been faithful to you and good to you in the past. The words and promises he has spoken over you. And I'm pretty sure once you start, you'll be amazed at how much is on that list. Big and small. As you see and reflect on God's goodness to you, That will build your faith and it will remind you he loves you. As you struggle in unanswered prayer, don't forget to receive the kindness of people as a gift from God to you. God doesn't place people in our lives by accident. You're actually not here this morning by accident. So don't hide away. Don't do what I did. Let people love you and help you because we're a family. And God will make sure that you have just the right people around you. Last weekend, as you know, we were hosting Isway and his wife, Anne. And you know what? One of the really beautiful moments during that time was they said to us, Well, we feel like we've been with family for the weekend, we feel like we've known you all for years. They said they thought as a church, we, you, were so welcoming. Well done, Junction 10. Give yourself a pat on the back. God's family is the best place you can be when you are struggling with an unanswered prayer. So don't hide away. Accept this family, this motley crew that we are, as God's gift to you because of how much he loves you. And if nothing else this morning, hear this. God cares for each one of us so much more than we could ever care for ourselves. God loves each one of us passionately. And not because he has to, because he thinks you are amazing. So as we consider, how are we going to get through this? Firstly, by knowing God as Abba Father Secondly, by accepting the reality of God's love. And thirdly, by believing in God's awesome power. If we go back to our earlier reading in Mark's Gospel, Jesus says in verse 36 everything is possible for you. Jesus addresses his prayers to Abba tenderly. But in God, we see how both infinite love and infinite power coexist. That can be a bit hard to get our heads around. A great reminder of this is found in C.S. Lewis's book on the Narnia series, where God is portrayed as the mighty Aslan. And we're reminded, aren't we, that Aslan is not a tame lion. A lion. And there's this great quote in The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe. And Mr and Mrs Beaver are talking to Lucy. And she says, then he isn't safe, said Lucy. Safe, said Mr Beaver. Did you hear what Mrs Beaver tells you? Who said anything about safe? Of course he isn't safe. But he is good. He's the king, I tell you. Pete Gregg also quotes, I love this, an old Hebrew saying, which is, God is not a kindly old uncle, he is an earthquake. And this is wonderful news when we are struggling with unanswered prayer. As well, the kindly old uncle might comfort us. An earthquake can actually shift something. Without God being both omniscient and omnipresent, we have no hope of a mighty miracle or finding meaning in our struggle. However, the knowledge of God's love and God's power does pose a problem for us. It's a tricky one, this is. I was almost tempted to leave it out, but thought, no, come on, be brave. Mm -hmm. Abba Father, we know that because he loves us so dearly that surely that must mean he wants to end our suffering. Alongside everything is possible for you, means surely he's able to end our suffering. So why doesn't he? The problems made worse, as I mentioned earlier in Scripture, Jesus promises, ask and you will receive. So if I've asked, and if I believe it's in line with the Father's will, why don't I receive? Now one response might be that our struggle with unanswered prayer leads to spiritual growth and much greater trust it does. But I think that most people who've struggled with major loss or suffering, being really honest, would probably say they'd rather forfeit the spiritual growth and faith for the prayer to have been answered. Now, I realise I'm getting into major theological debate, much of which I have limited knowledge on, but I do think it's important to be real and ask the questions... Because miracles in themselves can feel arbitrary. Why does one prayer get answered by the most amazing... ...and another doesn't? It can feel like a lottery. I think sometimes the consumer culture of our time, which says we should always be happy and comfortable. It does, doesn't it? You know, every day we've got to be happy, really comfortable, have everything we want can infiltrate our theology so when bad things happen we think something's wrong or that God isn't in control or worse he doesn't care but we've got to go back to Jesus's words he told us that if we are to be his disciples then we are to expect trials and trouble and tribulation if we are to be his disciples the world will hate us If we are to be his disciples, we are to pick up our cross daily and follow him. And that is a world away from consumer Christianity, which says we've got to be happy all the time. In the book of Job, we find a good example where we look at Job's horrendous suffering. And at the end of the book, we see God's solution to so much misery is to reveal his greatness in Job 38 verse 4 he says where were you when I laid the earth's foundation tell me if you understand the book of Job is not about why bad things happen to good people the book of Job is about who God is Because Job's story defies comfort and easy explanations, but you know what? It leaves us in no doubt as to God's power. And ultimately, we see the same reflected in Easter Sunday. This is the ultimate revelation for all time, that our God can work amazing, mighty miracles in the physical realm. He is our Father, but he is also sovereign. And, as Pete himself says, belief in God's power to intervene has never been an optional extra to the Christian faith. The gospel message is the story of a God who breaks the rules of plausibility. And the cross is our ultimate symbol of hope as we cling to a God who knows what it is to suffer who was prepared to offer his own son for each one of us. As we live with the reality of unanswered prayer, we need a big God. We need an awesome a God who can walk with us, who can counsel us, who can pray for us, and who ultimately prepares a place for us. So even in the mystery and all the confusion and all the disappointment, God is our Father. He is all-powerful, and he will make all things new. As it says in the words of Revelation 21, he will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. As I said at the start, this is not an easy journey, Junction Den. It's one that will take courage. And we will need to confront some of our theology, some of our doubt, and some of our fear. But as we journey further in... And ask how are we going to get through this let us remember the father's great love for each and every one of us as well as his mighty miracle working power band could i ask you to come up and just play gently as i pray just going to pray for us now, um, and then we're going to head into a time of communion. It felt right to have communion after this this morning, so we can bring some of these difficulties, these unanswered prayers before God, whilst remembering what he did for each one of us on the cross. So if I could just ask you, if you feel comfortable, just to put your hands out in front of you. And I'm just going to pray. This is an ancient prayer. A prayer for trust in Jesus by St. Ignatius of Loyola. O Christ Jesus, when all is darkness, when we feel our weakness and helplessness, Give us the sense of your presence, your love, and your strength, protecting love and strengthening power, so that nothing may frighten or worry us. For living close to you, we shall see your hand your purpose and your will through all things. Amen. He is jealous for me